Hello and welcome. I'm on a bit of a caffeine high at the moment, so I thought it would be a good time to record. <laughs> Maybe channel this energy into in, into presence. So upon seeing um, the doctor recently, I was I was told that my body is in a pre-diabetic state. So it's a new a new term to understand. So it's almost between the body being. Uh, in regards to diabetes, the, the body being normal levels and the body being diabetic, the um, in between both of those is what's, what, what they've termed as pre-diabetic, so <clears throat> so there is perhaps danger of my body going into a diabetic state to so on one level there isn't a problem <laughs> on one on another level in, in regards to the mind there's a huge problem there's a a reaction of fear of of perhaps regret about the past, about oh, there's another thing to deal with. God, I can't deal with something else that's happening in my life. <laughs> but in regards to this moment, what what can you do but accept? Okay, I've been told that my body is in a certain physical state called pre-diabetic. Okay. So again, it's not accepting the label or the physical state but it's accepting in this moment this is the challenge of the body and in this moment there's nothing to be done coming from it's coming from this spatial awareness that that place of stability that of course isn't a place but that's Let's use that word for the moment. So in this spatial awareness, there's nothing to be done in this moment. But action may be needed later. For example, earlier today, I had a, a cup of coffee and ah, there was awareness into the state of my body and I didn't have any sugar with my coffee for example so there was no 
thoughts before or after that. There was no sort of fearful panic of, okay, I must do all of these things with my diet. And there's nothing wrong with thought to plan ahead, but there was no um, reaction to it. You can respond, set aside some time to carefully plan meals or diets, whatever else needs to be done, but it's all done from a place of stability. And often certain things in our life would almost reveal our level of awareness. You could be sitting with a friend drinking coffee, I've probably used this example before, and someone may come inside and say, oh is that is that blue car outside yours? And you may say yes, and they say oh someone's just hit your car, and immediately <laughs> there, there may maybe a reaction to that <laughs> and then you go outside and you see there's two blue cars there and yours wasn't the one that was hit and immediately there'll be another reaction of maybe relief but that's what an extreme example but in in some ways If someone said that, perhaps you could say, oh, you may find yourself, instead of reacting, you may find yourself responding to it. Okay, so someone's hit my car. Okay, right. That's maybe action is needed to go outside and, and see if that's true, to see the damage, and then but it's, you can see the two differences there and I used an extreme example um, perhaps for a bit of humour in the sense that perhaps it's fair to say if I dare say that most of us will react <laughs> to that um, most of us may, may not have the space to just remain in our spacious awareness and take action from there we may you know run outside of the shop <laughs> run into the street and our eyes may in a panic state look to see oh god what's there's a huge problem that's here but, but in every case there's the opportunity to respond it may not feel that way Sometimes it may feel like it's it because our conditioning can be so quick it, it almost seems like it's seamlessly slip into a reaction and before we know it we're physically mentally re energ energetically reacting to something but in that blink of an eye there 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 is always space to respond now as the practice deepens within ourselves we may find ourselves a slight gap opens we may still respond or react but there may be a slightly longer gap before that happens whether it's an argument or some sort of situation you've got to respond to like say you know someone's told you someone's hit your car <laughs> and maybe something in a similar situation in the future you may f find yourself for 10 seconds oh okay and then panic may happen later <laughs> but same with this you know pre-diabetic response um, when I was told the pre-diabetic I was noting the doctor's calmness with it as well there wasn't a panic state about it and Perhaps that maybe assisted me in that. Um, and on my way home, um, I could sense the reaction in me of it. There was a, a reaction of, oh, uh, that's another thing to deal with in my life. And it was almost pulling at me. It wanted my attention. 
it wanted me to revel in that sort of misery of you know the identity wanted to be strengthened there of me you know who's dealing with depression anxiety who's dealing with chest pain and dissociation and brain fog and oh, now now look at, look at what I'm dealing with now I've got to deal with you know being pre-diabetic oh. and it, of course the identity the ego enjoys on some level enjoys this pain enjoys me and, and my poor life oh, this is what I've got to deal with now and it almost wants the sympathy of others and sympathy of, of myself and and then there was another side that was just aware okay there's just some information on my physical state okay right and in that moment uh, there was thoughts and action that taken um, perhaps I'll share this even though maybe there's some embarrassment my ego is embarrassed <laughs> before the doctor's appointment I, I had the idea of getting getting a takeaway pizza <laughs> a, I think I was going to go for a vegan option because another another problem <laughs> is uh, that I, I deal with IBS so digestive and um, and be, um, I still get you know non-vegan pizzas, vegetarian cheese, but 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 before going to a doctor's, I thought okay, that's you know I've had some difficulties with that recently. Let's get a nice vegan pizza on the way back home. And then I was told I was pre-diabetic, <laughs> so. I left the surgery um, and painfully walked past the takeaway pizza place. Part of me, a bit upset, and you know, and even complaining about that. Part of my mind was, you know, saying, "Oh, it's another thing to deal with the pre-diabetic." And then, oh, see, I can't even treat myself to a pizza now, and <laughs> um, and so. In that moment, there was action needed to be taken. Or do I get the pizza, or do I not? And I made a, a conscious, maybe painful decision to not get the pizza, to not to not do that. I thought, okay, let's. Um, so that's something that. I thought I would share here as part of my my journey and and today I was able to take some uh, conscious action um, when having for example a coffee there was space uh, to decide okay I won't have any sugar with the coffee and the, there wasn't a heaviness about it to think okay for the rest of my life I've I've got to reduce sugar now. I've got to deal with this, you know, the threat of, of diabetes. There was, okay, do I need to have the sugar in this moment? Let's try it without it. And and it was okay. <laughs> I didn't miss the sugar. And it was just, again, dealing with the present moment. So there's no heaviness of carrying the label of of pre-diabetic and the threat of you know the body going into a diabetic state or dealing with diabetes which it's in one sense a very serious physical challenge and there's very there's a spectrum of course of different types of diabetes but um, there's also um, uh, dealing with the present moment and it feels like I was, I was able to in a very simple way just just take care of the present moment be aware of the information that was given to me but not acting from it 
not giving that to the mind or not acting out of fear, out of thoughts, out of an unbalanced uh, sense of self. So just wanted to illustrate an example of that that's happening with me and maybe I'm sure with with each of us there's, there's, there's constant challenges happening on different levels and perhaps there's now more awareness to respond to the challenges of life and this is just one very small example of that I thought the pizza f uh, story of what happened would add <laughs> would sort of add some humour to this because of course another a great pointer is to not take our thoughts too seriously and of course there could have been some very um, serious and negative thoughts around this that quickly could have built a mental structure of me and my poor life of you know all of these things I've had to deal with and now I'm dealing with this and the mind is an expert in that in that narrative in that way of storytelling instead of just tending to the, the present moment what is needed now okay well I need to decide this or that or a decision is needed or maybe no action is needed nothing to be done in this moment okay and the no action is of course action in itself um, and it may be what's needed I've just realized my um before I read the karma continue sharing some of the book of Sadhguru on karma just realized the book is not with me it's actually in my in my rucksack so I'm just going to just going to grab that now just going to pop the microphone down extracts the reading of on uh, I guess chapter one so being split into three parts and this is chapter one I'll read the uh, sutra one again the thread that Sadhguru is sharing in regards to the sort of concept um, the sort of uh, conceptual description that Sadhguru is giving of karma and so Sutra 1 karma is about becoming the source of one's own creation in shifting responsibility from heaven to oneself one becomes the very maker of one's destiny and there's a section titled below the sutra in the driver's seat so I won't um, read the, the small story there but perhaps um, share the encouragement that Sadhguru was given the clear sort of direction when it comes to karma that perhaps many of us maybe in a fearful way perhaps are sitting in the back seat of life that you know life just happens to us that 
kind of just withstand life and the suffering that comes with us. But uh, Sadhguru is kind of instructing us or saying that we we can be in the driver's seat and it, it sort of refers again to a little bit of, of the Sutra 1 that one becomes the very maker of one's destiny that it says here that if perhaps for instance in being in the back seat of the car i think this is what's being said here that one's destiny is something that's created unconsciously but being in the present moment being in awareness with our actions Sadhguru was saying, you know, welcome to karma. So you're kind of embracing or understanding the the conscious actions of life, the unfolding, the creating. And so I'll read a small extract at the end of the driver's seat where it says, Welcome to karma, a dimension that puts you squarely back where you belong where you were meant to be all along, in the driver's seat. So we can even refer, you know, back to the essence of the books we've read so far. By being in the present moment, by taking conscious action, we are in the driver's seat. And we move into the passage titled Demystifying Karma. So what is karma? It is said here that literally the word means action. And of course the as we uh, shared previously in what what is said um, in this section here that there is a, a, a great misunderstanding of karma that people you know karma can be seen as a balance sheet of merits and demerits virtues and sins a life audit of sorts it is said here to others it is a ledger maintained by some divine chartered accountant who assigns some people to celestial bliss and consigns others to a never world or into the maw of some recycling machine that spews them back into this world to suffer some more and that it is said here that this is not merely false and absurd it is tragic So uh, Sadhguru says that let's shatter this first myth of karma. That in actual fact karma has nothing to do with reward and punishment. It has nothing to do with some despotic life auditor up in the sky working with primitive devices of carrot and stick. That karma simply means we have created the blueprint for our lives. It means we are the makers of our own fate. So there's almost a notion here to sort of remove the assumption of fear and misunderstanding of karma. 
and there is a sharing in this section here that karma is simply a natural part of of life life in this moment the unfolding another way of the creating of life said here that karma is the natural basis of all existence so it is an active it is unfolding it is happening now it is not a law that is imposed from above so some useful points there that that we are being given of demystifying karma There's been one caution given here in this in this section that uh, karma is not it's not a doctrine to sort of you know to sort of believe in. There's no um, sort of merit in subscribing it's the word is used here subscribing to it that you do not get any negative marks for disbelieving karma or believing karma it is simply the way things are and it is an existential mechanism and there's an example given here like the sun it operates whether you acknowledge it or not. So again, I use the sort of example of looking under the bonnet of life. So it is part of, it is sort of the mechanisms of the unfolding of the present moment where action is taking place. so we move on to the next uh, section in chapter one the karmic cycle so you can see these sort of section titles here it's given the foundations it's laying um, just an understanding so we kind of there's we will start off on this understanding of the foundations of karma of what karma is it is simply action and now we've come across the title of the karmic cycle okay so although karma means action and is said here it does not necessarily refer to physical deeds instead karma is action on three levels body mind and energy that whatever you do on these three levels leaves a certain residue or imprint upon you so just this small section alone this sentence here is extremely extremely profound and it in regards to myself it it immediately opens my awareness up to every you know every thought action and my state of energy in this moment and it 
it makes sense when you know thinking of a new earth and the pointers of presence and the present moment of how much attuning to the present moment takes care of our karma this is now sort of revealing the mechanics behind that but in the teachings of or pointers of being in the present moment you can see how it takes care of the the physical the mind and the energy levels of karma by being acting in the present moment this is what i'm this is what i'm getting from this here is that how much uh, being in that true self the energy of the true self there it takes care as muji says life takes care of life life meaning the aliveness of life in the here and now not the life of the little me with its problems its past its this and it's that it's the 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 razor the razor's edge of life are borrowing Eckhart's words here I think this was in the Omega there's a series of um, I think I mentioned this in the last the last um, episode of Eckhart's there's a free retreat recordings of, on YouTube you type in Eckhart Tolle Omega I think it's the Omega Institute where he does the retreat in one of the sessions there he talks about the razor's edge I think of of now the razor's edge of the present moment and Sadhguru shares that these three elements energy body mind that almost each one can affect the other so you can you can have a thought that affects the body you can have a physical reaction that affects thought that provokes thought and so all of these sense perceptions our senses are taking in thoughts are being created these patterns if if done on a regular basis it's saying here that slowly shapes ourselves into behavioral tendencies so if we have behavioral tendencies things we do regularly those have been shaped and solidified within us those karmic actions whether it's thoughts physical deeds energy they've not just sort of come out of nowhere they've slowly shaped over time our karmic actions have cr created these behavioral tendencies that's, that's, that's how i understand this here And these cluster of tendencies they harden over time into what is I'm reading here into what you call your personality or what you claim to be your true nature so that's something we can perhaps look in within ourselves and our behavioral tendencies and and perhaps there may be a sense of sort of you know looking over all of our potential flaws of our personality and think okay but perhaps we can you know if you were to look at us look at yourself in our personality maybe look at it in a in a place of spatial awareness just in non-judgmental observation of what some of our tendencies are that in a sense you know there's no panic to I've got to change you know who I am <laughs> in regards to personality but perhaps there's just an 
an observation for now of, of certain behavioural tendencies and an understanding that these behavioural tendencies are have been through sort of the patterns that have hardened over time. And of course, you know, these behavioural tendencies have happened in perhaps largely in our unawareness or where we've been acting unconsciously. You know, it's not a case we've chosen to develop this behavioural tendency. They've often happened and now we are simply aware of the behaviour, but we haven't been aware of the of those tendencies sort of hardening and those patterns developing inside of us. But now, of course, we are in the driver's seat. So perhaps this is the start of the end of these sort of unconscious tendencies developing within us. So it's said here now that what we consider to be ourselves so what you consider to be myself, that's in quotes, is just an accumulation of habits, predispositions and tendencies that you have acquired over time without being conscious of the process. So as um, we refer back to the new earth, the little me, the, 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 e the egoic identity, has these are the attributes that it has you know this is me I like this I don't like that this is how I act I'm you know I'm a very bubbly person I talk a lot or whatever sort of attributes tendencies that are there these have been acquired over time without being conscious of the process As we move down, it is said here that in other words, karma is like old software that you have written for yourself unconsciously. So those mental structures, those behavioural patterns, that have, those tendencies that have got a deep groove within us, another way of, of putting it perhaps, all of this is like a software that runs and below this it said and of course you're updating this you're updating it on a daily basis so of course each day each moment there are new sense the senses are taking in new uh, things it sees smells things we think about our energy that the impressions are happening in this unfolding and it is updating perhaps our our software <laughs> and depending on the type of physical mental and energetic actions you perform you write your software and once that software is written your whole system functions accordingly. And so we can see life being described here, it is said here, in, in a sort of habitual, repetitive, cyclical way when we look at our lives and even the way the way we act sometimes as well these are a sort of our habits our habitual patterns of the actions we do you can see how it's it links into these metaphor of the software we have these unconscious uh, actions we've been taking thoughts we've been thinking that have 
created. It mentions the tendencies of heart and this meaning now it's now a, a, a structure within us and now it's running, our actions are running from this, from the software that largely we may be unaware that we are creating and updating on a daily basis. And so you can see, um, going back to the you know previous metaphor about sort of driving, if this car was life, that you know many of us have been in the back seat, in a place of unawareness of life, where we are unaware, um, not being aware about the software that is running, and the updates to that software to of how we're living our lives, and not realizing that you know we're going into repeated situations, recurring patterns of life. The situations keep coming up, the inner and outer situations. And Sadhguru is saying this is because these patterns are unconscious. And as time goes on, you turn into a puppet of your accumulated past. Mm. So we move into a solution to this or a remedy for this unconsciousness that if one does not consciously rewrite one's karmic software the regularity of the patterns can feel like it's being imposed on us almost from the outside rather than initiated from within But there's some uh, supportive words here that are shared. But the software is not a fate to be endured. It can be rewritten, dropped or distanced, as we will see later in this book. So the karmic mechanism is ceaseless, uh, which makes sense. As, as the present moment, life, true life, the one is, there is no end, there's no dying of that spacious awareness. It just simply is. And of course, karmic, the karmic mechanism is an element within this. And some examples here that every mental fluctuation in you creates a chemical reaction which then proceeds to provoke a physical sensation that this sensation in turn reinforces the chemical reaction which then strengthens the mental fluctuation that over time your very chemistry is determined by a series of unconscious reactions to sensory and mental stimuli. So in a sense we're getting into um, what I, my own perception, of course this is just my own understanding of, of this that I'm sharing here. Um, we're almost getting into the nuts and bolts of the present moment. And I, like I said, we're looking under the bonnet of it as well. So we're going into the sense of of a single thought and how much, in the sense, power or force or energy that a single thought can have. We can even go back to the 
someone hitting our car example <laughs> if you were to sort of um, unpack that reaction to it depending on our karmic software our blue you know our, what our conditioning will perhaps condition will perhaps It links into how we how we will react to it, if that makes sense. So, even if you know there were five people, five scenarios, five different people were told their car was hit outside, damaged, all five may, for example, react in a sort of panic state. But there may be a spectrum to that panic. For some, they you know they may get their heart may suddenly start racing. Uh, they may another may have different physical reactions. Another may have much more subtle physical or mental reactions. Another may just have just mental reaction. May just think, oh, okay, I've got to deal with that. Let's let's deal with that." And so we can see now, looking under the hood of of you know depending on our conditioning, our behavioural tendencies, our patterns that have been ingrained in us with our unconscious awareness. And you can see now how the karmic mechanism is turning, is, is happening, unfolding. So, going back to the uh, sensations, in reading another uh, passage here, all of these sensations register and over time become the blueprint of your unconscious mind. Another metaphor there, a blueprint. So we talked about software and now blueprint. Think about things that have been laid out and planned already or happened. You are therefore a living repository of karmic memory on levels you are not aware of. And that today, research has shown that psychological and emotional traumas can contribute to your risk for mental and physical health problems. That we are told that mental distress can lead to cardiac problems. And of course, none of this is new, it is said here. People always knew that if you go through psychological upheavals, your heart will break. Uh, all this happens because your body chemistry changes over a period of time as a result of constant mental and emo emotional fluctuation. And so we can talk about the cycle that's happening here. You know, we can go back to a very simple example of the stories we tell ourselves, the story of me and my life. Perhaps that's an example of a karmic cycle happening. You know, there may be a life situation that's happened to you. Let's take um, someone who's been divorced. You can almost see the karmic cycle of that the unconscious awareness of that karmic memory or that event that is continuously being cycled I think if, if I'm um, understanding this correctly here and it's it's being described here as a vicious cycle of course because we're bringing up recreating those emotions and then responding to those emotions creating more emotions so you that word that you know where behavioral tendencies are hardening you can imagine that story being repeated over and over the deeper groove that's creating inside of us that
and even the words here about the vicious cycle that the resulting ripples in thoughts in the mind and you know are enough to keep going uh, for lifetimes that's how much we are engaged in this in this sort of tendency and that the mind the processes of the mind that they pick up momentum without any assistance from us So perhaps I'll um, see if there are any other points within this section of the karmic cycle. There's another description here about our, about the past, about our blueprint, our software, that the unconscious mind is therefore a tremendous library of karmic memory. And that, in fact, um, this 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 could be useful if this information w w were. If I'll read the passage exactly as it is, <laughs> you would find this information very useful if you were approaching it consciously. The problem is that it manifests all the time without your permission. You feel like one big mess because you are punching your psychological keyboard randomly all the time. So again, it's referring to, as I understand, is a state of our unawareness. Of course, um, speaking just for myself, there isn't that continuous spacious awareness, that conscious presence that can consciously think, consciously act, consciously be aware of the energetic subtle body, the state, the energetic form. As Eckhart talks about the inner body. So when there is unawareness there, the typing is happening, the psychological impressions are happening physical actions that are creating thought impressions, energetic impressions that, and the same the other way around, unconscious thoughts that unconsciously make an impression on the physical form. So it is that the simplicity of that, of not simply being unaware. So perhaps I can leave it uh, there this time, so um, just to sort of go over the, the subtitles of this chapter we began with the sutra of karma and the message that we that we can create that with the conscious awareness we can sort of choose we can create in this way that we are not running simply running old software and and enduring, I think was a word Sadhguru used, have to endure this cycle of karma. And there's a note about demystifying karma, that literally the word means action. And then we move into, yes, the karmic cycle, the software, the blueprint. And it's, it's now sort of easy to see how that's been formed. The unconscious typing, the decades of punching the psychological keys, as it's said here, where we're not consciously choosing our actions, our thoughts, but we have been in the in the in the passenger in the back seat, in the rear seat, but now with being stepping into the present moment, we are now in the driver's seat. We are again in a sense breaking the karmic cycle by stepping into the present moment. I think as Eckhart has said it before, you know, the being in the present moment it 
it now ends karma. There's nothing now, karma may be happening with action, but there's no karma to be resolved. There's no impressions made that need to be tended to later. Um, this is how I've, uh, how I've understood this here. So I'll leave it on this episode. Um, there is a sense that I'm not sure um, if I'm going to, how much I'm going to, um, or perhaps a better way to put it is, I'm going to perhaps be quite flexible with this book here because it's almost a sense of my own limitations and my own limited understanding on the subject. So even though I'm doing my best to sort of reword and explain what is being said in this book, I feel, um, to say the least, very unqualified to kind of try and re-explain it from Sadhguru's words. So um, perhaps to take off the pressure from myself, um, maybe I can pick and choose certain understandings and, and try and explain it. Um, um, and one of the, the sort of motivations to kind of um, to to remind myself of, of this reading is not from a place of wisdom, of my wisdom to impart to um, to any listeners. It's simply a motivation, a kind of help to um, to share this book on this podcast to, to pretty much help my own self read it. I think without this podcast, it would be very. Um, just with my own uh, mental health and other things there'll be less of a motivation to try and read uh, this book here so perhaps the sharing of it is not a place from wisdom to depart impart wisdom to any um, to anyone listening but more a case of helping my own self trying to understand um, understand uh, the spiritual readings that take place on these episodes here um, but um, one thing to note is even reading this here it seems like I, in, in, I'm, I'm probably a, a great deal out of my depth in explaining um, it feels this way but um, we'll see as the episodes go on uh, it feels at the moment in regards to my health as I've explained before it, it's quite a turbulent time so perhaps it's great to have you know, perhaps clear any expectations or anything and just, um, in a sense, take it an episode at a time. And if, if there is a, the energy to share some readings of karma, then perhaps that I, can, I, I can try and do that and um, perhaps not conform to a, sh a, a structure um, with a new earth. It was almost a pleasure to, to read it from cover to cover. And... <clears throat> I feel like um, with this book, perhaps um, with the concepts in there as well, it's a it's a little bit of a different experience to try and read and explain it. So perhaps I may be selective if I do um, share. Um, of course, I say it's it's for myself and to help myself, but there's also the awareness that if if of course any um, benefit is is taken from whatever's shared here of course that's part of this as well it's um it gives me some purpose to see if if there's any you know even a a a shred of of benefit that that one can take away from this also in terms of of course i'm purely helping myself at the same time um and it's uh that i'll leave that to life to take care of <laughs> Um, okay, so that's it for uh, this episode. Um, I'm still, <laughs> I think I'm going to drink some more water here to help with my uh, caffeine intake for today. <laughs> maybe it's come across, uh, maybe come across more energetic uh, with today's recording. Um, uh, so perhaps I can enjoy the wave of energy instead of uh, fretting being anxious about the caffeine high but maybe I can try and ride ride surf the wave as I 
hopefully done in this episode here. Thank you for joining me uh, for this episode. I wish you well in this uh, present moment, as always. And hey, I'll see you in, in, in the next episode. Uh, take care.